0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, we are in Genesis 40 today, and we also go back in time to Genesis 35, where Isaac dies. Um, But most of today's reading is about Joseph. So, Chris and Ryan, what sticks out to you in today's reading?
1: Joseph's in prison. Still hanging out.
0: <laughs> just hanging out. One thing that I we didn't talk about yesterday, I, it's just like a interesting detail uh, with repetitive things in the passages that we're reading. But when Joseph is in Potiphar's house, um, it says Potiphar did not worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph goes to prison and it says, the warden did not worry about a thing. Um, so it's interesting that he gets promoted because of these how these two leaders look at him um but he gets promoted even in prison and here we are in prison and he's doing his thing and he's interpreting dreams
1: i mean the faithfulness is is impressive um as you were mentioning that it reminds me of another guy we're going to see in a few months daniel mm-hmm. who keeps having favor with the babylonians because of the fact that he's just being so faithful day in and day out and here we have Joseph in, like, not a ideal situation. Uh, probably never, you know, was in his life plan to end up in prison someday. But he finds himself there, and he's faithful. He is uh, gaining respect. He's interpreting dreams. Uh, and again and again, when he does these good things, people say they will remember him, and then they don't. <laughs> they forget him. Bummer. Uh, but God, God remembers him. God is still knowing what's going on and moving his plan forward.
0: Yeah. God's faithfulness is really on display in Joseph's whole life here. Um, You just see the hand of God everywhere he goes. Um, One thing I'm noticing is, is there any significance in the dreams that are happening in Joseph's life? So he has dreams as a kid. He's interpreting dreams. What is the deal with dreams and why is God using them?
2: So it's interesting to me that like, Joseph is definitely having, it seems like, more dreams and ability to interpret dreams than other people that we've noticed. He's mm-hmm. not the only one to have dreams. Like, Jacob's had a dream. We've seen that. Um, There have been visions and stuff. It just seems very present in Joseph's life. And what's interesting to me is that God, I think, would be very invested in Joseph's life. Because if you look at, like, God's plan and God's whole story, Joseph is a huge part of it. Like, Joseph is really the linchpin and what God's up to. He's God's going to save his people through the faithfulness of Joseph, uh, which is probably like a allusion to Christ. Like Joseph is not the ultimate salvation of the people, though he is going to make sure that Mm -hmm. the Hebrews continue. He's a Christ
0: figure. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And so it makes sense that God would be very involved in Joseph's life. Um, What, what makes Joseph unique? Well, I think we talked about this the other day. Joseph is like one of the, one of the people that we see that actually does have pretty excellent character. And so here we have God choosing someone whose character matches his plan mm-hmm. and he carries it out faithfully. Like, I, I mean, how's this guy just like chilling out in prison, like and, not upset.
1: <laughs> I mean, the thread about God using Joseph, like it's definitely extends even beyond these dreams. Like the whole thing of like him getting, you know, his brothers throwing him in a pit, getting, Taken, sold into slavery, like taken to Egypt. This is all moving somewhere. This is all moving to the climax of the book of Genesis where the people of God are rescued from famine. And like, it almost is getting to this point where it looks like God's plan could fail, that something could wipe it out. You know, we've seen ev- evil in the past when the the world got too evil, God sent the flood. Uh, this time, a natural disaster could potentially wipe out the people of God and derail the plan of God. But we see that well in advance, God is making a way to protect his plan and his people.
2: I would say well in advance and well after, like what what's cool about Joseph is he's kind of like the middle of this hourglass shape of what God's doing, because mm-hmm. God spoke to Abraham and said, there's going to be so many descendants. Uh, they are going to go into slavery for 400 years. <laughs> like we're seeing that happen here. Mm-hmm. And so like, Abraham couldn't believe that he would even have one son, let alone, you know, generations. Of as numerous
1: city. as the sands and the sea.
2: Yeah. And so here we see that plan, like, getting funneled to Joseph. Joseph has to be faithful in Egypt so that these people have food and are cared for. And eventually we'll see Joseph carried out of Egypt by the Hebrews at the Exodus. Like, it's, it's there in Exodus that they carry his
1: body out. And so Joseph is, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he... Does have these dreams, and uh, or pe- he has these dreams, and then he interprets dreams, which kind of helps him rise above the average prisoner, I guess you could say. And that when Pharaoh has a dream, somebody actually does remember that there's this guy in prison who has the ability to interpret dreams through God, and it ends up resulting in Joseph being made the ruler of Egypt, which is quite the ascent in Job. Uh, In a very short period of time, I imagine that there was a lot better conditions and perks going from prisoner to ruler. Maybe. So it's pretty wild.
0: It's really hard for me to read the story of Joseph and not picture Joseph, King of Dreams. (laughs) Um, And so when I picture Joseph in prison, I picture him planting a tree (laughs) and singing a song. So
1: (laughs) Disney has discipled us. I guess DreamWorks.
0: Yeah, it's Mm DreamWorks. That's true. Is that, are they around?
1: Cartoons have
2: discipled uh, us. Cartoons have <laughs> discipled us. That's probably true. It's probably not the we're going to go down, but <laughs> the guy that founded DreamWorks was in a fight with Disney's CEO, so he started his own company. So they're basically the same thing. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, the other thing that just sticks out to me in this story is Joseph um, marries an Egyptian woman. And so just as we continue through the old testament remembering the people of god include other nations in their lineage Mm -hmm. and i just think that's i it's important to remember as we think of the nations now as we think of how god has protected the israelites that he is constantly welcoming other people into his family the people that he wants to use
1: how it was always supposed to be
2: Genesis chapter 40, starting in verse
1: 1. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the, Chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hands, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dreams mean, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so that he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland in the land of the Hebrews, and now I am here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh's, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh." Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all, his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. Then he restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Isaac lived for 180 days. Years. Then he breathed his last and died at a ripe old age, joining his ancestors in death. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and began. Began grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the river bank, and then the scrawny, thin cows ate the seven healthy, fat cows. At this point in his dream, Pharaoh woke up. But he fell asleep again, and in a, had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but they were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by by the dreams, so he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's cupbearer spoke up. Today I've been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And everything happened just as he had predicted I was restored to my position as the cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. And and he shaved, and, After he had shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night, and no one here could tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick-looking cows, scrawny and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such sorry-looking animals in all the land of Egypt. These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. But afterwards, you wouldn't have known it, for they were all still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but, when, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. And the shriveled heads swallowed up the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I've described it for God has revealed it to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterwards there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the lands. This famine will be so severe that even members memory of the good years will be erased as uh, for having two similar dreams. It means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. Therefore Pharaoh sh- should make an intelligent and wise, Should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. When Fer, then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat within seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise the famine will destroy the land."
0: Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has revealed the meaning of your dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, "'I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt.' Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second-in-command. And wherever Joseph went, the command was shouted, "'Kneel down!' So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt, and Pharaoh said to him, "'I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval.'" Then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name, Zephana Paneah. He also gave him a wife whose name was Eseneth. She was the daughter of Potiphar, Potiphar the priest of On. So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife Asenath, the daughter of Parapherah, the priest of An. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, For he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries. But throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So with severe famine everywhere. Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians. For The famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt and people from all around Egypt came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying God's Whole Story as much as we are. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps us get God's word out to other people. Also, be sure to follow God's Whole Story podcast on Facebook and Instagram, where you can ask questions, learn more, and connect with myself, Ryan, and Chris. Thanks for listening.